fucks up everything. The Blues continue to lose in their post-trade deadline funk, and we are over it. This episode will not be for the faint of heart or for those who want to enjoy their listening experience, but we are testing a new microphone, so please listen to every single second and take copious notes about how we can improve. We love constructive criticism, so let's get started and let's roast this frickin' team. second and we are live barely <laughs> and uh tonight we're trying out a new wow apparently we're trying out puberty <laughs> because of the way my voice just cracked we're trying out a new recording setup uh with a new microphone very expensive mm-hmm. imported from whatever country... <laughs> whatever country you think is best for microphone generation uh, and, you know, honestly, just let us know how it sounds. If you like it, if you think it's an improvement, let us know. If you think it's terrible, you can tell us. If we're bottoming out your eardrums. We'll grin and, grin and bear it. Honestly, I got this microphone so that when we do record on Zoom, that will sound better. But then I realized it had settings for omnidirectional and stuff, and our mics are kind of cheap, so do, I figured we'd give it a shot. Do you not still have the old blue snowball? I do, somewhere, I think. I use that sometimes. But I don't know where. Did I give... Maybe I gave that to somebody. I might have done that. (laughs) Anyway, this is another Blue microphone. Blue's made plenty of money off this podcast. Uh, And we're set up. We are trying our best, which is more than can be said for the St. Louis Blues. Oh, we're going to be angry tonight, I feel like. We haven't gotten there just, yet, but it's coming like a freight train. I'm already over it. My anger <laughs> subsided. I've just accepted the way this team is now. Yeah. I I mean, they're, they're not a good hockey team. There's, just, it's not, there's no dancing around the fact anymore. They're not great at professional hockey. And listen, being the 18th best hockey team in the world isn't so bad, really, when you think about it. They should be be proud. They should be so lucky. But, uh, you know, I don't think it's meant to be this season. It's certainly not meant to be in any sort of deep playoff run. I'm just looking at stats um, from tonight's game, and I'm very disappointed already. There's so much that I think we want to talk about. You know, I think we were prepared to talk a lot about the Schwartz extension possibility. And then, of course, he went out and got two goals tonight, was the only forward on the team that appeared to show up. And so, you know, it's harder to be like, yeah, but you really shouldn't resign this guy on a night like that. But I don't know. Where do you want to start? You want to start with the games and just get to where we get to? Or how do you want to do this? Yeah, I think that's the only that's the only natural progression. Plus, uh you know, this there's these two games have different reasons to be angry. The same core <laughs> reason, but you know, there's different factors. So you really Nuances. Gotta, you gotta yeah, you gotta paint the whole picture. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, so let's just start then with 
the Arizona Coyotes game. What I what I called last week, Ian, a must-win game. I think you were right to say that. I was right to say it. It didn't change the result, but uh, the Blues took on the Coyotes in the desert. Uh, the Blues had a hot start. Early goal, hot start, great stuff. Sammy Boy showing up, sixth goal of the season. Pareko entered the zone, he dropped it to Perron, he passed it over to Boy, who dangled and sniped. Sammy Boy, man, much like Zach Samford, when they're on, they're a very, very serviceable mm-hmm. top nine to even top six NHL forward. And when they're off, they are barely, <laughs> barely palatable. Yeah, see, that's the problem. Is like when they're Which at their is a lot of this team. <laughs> when they're at their best, they're they're very serviceable, and when they're at their worst, they're ghosts. So on average, they're below average. <laughs> right. That's a no. That's a really good way to put it. Uh, Tyler Bozak scored, uh, but seven minutes later or so, Hoffman carried the puck into the zone on the power play with a nice move. He passed it to Bozak. Bozak fired low, collected his own rebound, and scores. That's not a type of goal you see uh, the Blues. I guess it's probably not that common in the NHL that a puck bounces right back to the same guy and he finishes it, but it was cool to see. Mm. And in without a word of a lie, I knew we were going to lose this game still. <laughs> I felt it in my soul, and I hadn't seen... I don't think I saw... What night did this happen? Saturday? Sunday? Saturday. Saturday yeah. was my birthday mm, i'm so sorry for this uh yeah and i had also as we talked about on the last episode been recovering from the stomach flu yeah because we did it on a saturday That's... so i don't know for one reason or another i didn't see this game but uh or didn't see the start of it i saw all the painful parts <laughs> but um i just felt i was i was two nothing and i was like mm. see that i was the opposite enough, i was sitting there thinking you know what they don't look amazing but maybe this is something to build on and i don't know why i was positive i i wanted to be positive it was something to build on for alex galagoski (laughs) um the a lot was made around the nhl about oliver ackman larson's interview between the periods you hear about this do you see this Mm. you hear about this Mm. uh he gave an interview (laughs) with whatever their belly sports uh Southwest. Land the sun or whatever. I think it is like Arizona or yeah. something or sun because I think Southwest or is like Dallas. Dallas. Desert or something, yeah. yeah whatever. Um, but whatever their affiliate is, he gave an interview where he basically, it was similar to the Ariana story the Blues had. They had some kid who maybe passed away, but it was some kid who was important yeah, yeah. to the team and he had promised. Uh, they, they said that he guaranteed a win, but it was more like we got to get back out here and win one. You know, for her family, sort of thing. Uh, but whether that was the case, whether that was the issue, or whether the truth was the issue, which was that the Blues just stopped performing. The Blues were trying to help too. Yeah, they were. Just, they were really listening. They were also moved. They are moved, and you know, for a good cause. So, Honestly, this was a good loss. Yeah, <laughs> this loss was <laughs> for the right reason. If you let Alex Galagoski score, that's enough of a charity case all on its own. Mm-hmm. So. He got assisted by Schmaltz and Garland, our old nemesis. Uh, Shin lost his puck behind in a puck battle. Was Schmaltz got it in front to Galagoski. fired it home. Bingo, bango. Uh, early goal in the second period. Immediately, the, the Coyotes tell us that they are not dead. They have not gone away. Um, and uh, from there, Clayton Keller, who, you know, hasn't materialized into a top, top-tier NHL forward like they probably thought or hoped when they gave him that mm. contract, but 
boy does he love scoring on the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, he is Blues from killer. Chesterfield. He hates St. Louis, <laughs> and he's proud of it. Um, but he scored his 13th. Ekman Larson assisted. Dvorak assisted. Uh, it was just, a, you know, on the power play, early on their power play, they passed around the perimeter, and Keller got it and fired it home. And at this point, were you thinking that it Blues lose, or what were you thinking at this point? Man, I think it was 2-2. I think we had gone to go grocery shopping and I got in the car from being 2-2 or something like that. It was like 3-2 out of nowhere. I didn't have enough time to register that it was 2-2 before it was 3-2, which granted apparently was a whole was a whole nother period away, but for some reason time passed amazingly fast and I didn't have time to even believe in this team anymore. That's good. So I helped yourself a lot of pain, I think. Um, but in the third period Michael Bunting, who I've never heard yeah, of right. before, but he's got seven but goals, has seven NHL goals, uh, scored. It was really redirective at Jacob Chitrin, uh shot from the point. Would you say Michael Bunting is just really underrated at how good he is at redirecting pucks? Probably, I assume. not the most underrated. Yeah, though. no, and that we know who that is. That guy's on the Stars now somehow. Um, just retire. By the way, is still freaking awesome. At least in fantasy, he's mm-hmm. been killing it this year. Uh, not anybody else on my teams to make them relevant in any way, but you know. Um, the, that was it. The Blues did their usual. They really were invisible for most of the third period, and then they finally did their six-on-five push and made it seem like uh, they were going to score, but they didn't, and that was it. Joe Pavelski, 42 points in 45 games and plus 21 on a team that's, like, not... What? Is 42 points? Yeah. Yeah. This dude's sick. On, yeah, on a Dallas Stars first. team that sucks. Yeah. He has 800... This dude's probably, like, a Hall of Famer. Holy <laughs> crap. Maybe this dude is underrated. Yeah, you know what? You got me, NBC Sports. You got me. Uh, this one finished 3-2. to two, 29 shots to 22 in favor of the Coyotes. Uh, they scored on one of three power plays. We scored on our only power play, so hey, improvement. 30 hits to 17, 24 blocks for them to our 11. Um, a trend, a trend to keep an yes, eye on. worth watching. And uh, they win the Corsi 4 battle by more each period. They lost in the first, uh, won it in the second, and won it even more decisively in the third. Got the 11-6 to 6 on the old high-danger chances. They had 62% of the expected goals. And when that happens in one game, you say, it's an outlier. When it happens in two games, you say, it's troubling. When it happens every single <laughs> game we're talking about these same stats, you admit that your team isn't good. <laughs> and we're going to talk, I really want to talk about some of the comments Jeremy Rutherford made in The Athletic, Mm -hmm. because I thought he had a very poignant piece and even more poignant comment section comments, really. Um, We'll get into that, uh, but I think this... I, I don't... There are no words to me to describe a team that is in a essentially a must-win game, mm-hmm. a four-point game, if you will, mm-hmm. spots themselves a two-goal lead and then just doesn't show up. Yeah, you're in a playoff race with this team. If there's puck luck, whatever, you get some bad penalty calls against you, which I know we've been bitching about the officials a lot lately, and they've been bad, but we haven't been doing anything to justify thinking that was the difference in the mm-hmm. game, you know? Um, 
I don't know. What do you say after this game? What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, like, just stats-wise looking at it, this team was hot garbage after the first period. They mm-hmm. had four shots on net in the second period. They had seven in the third, where 80% of that period they were losing by a goal, and you only managed seven shots. And granted, again, you might be, they had, what, three power plays, so maybe a lot of those are in the third. I don't remember. But it's like, you can't you can't even muster double-digit shots when you're down by one goal against a team you have to beat that you're in a, a race for for the last spot. Like, it just, it just reeked of, like, no desperation, zero desperation. They just don't, it, it reeks of them not caring. Um, it was, it was, I don't know, it was just kind of flabbergasting. It was kind of the game six of the playoffs mm-hmm. that they've had historically where you're like, well, you have, you have to show up for this one. You have to win this one. Otherwise you go home. And granted, this isn't a game six. This isn't do or die necessarily, but it, it certainly is as close as you can get when it comes to being that way in the regular season and they died they just can't they, they can't muster up a win when they need it they can't muster up a, a win when the, they just should win a game but yeah. they can't even muster it up when it's like man i know the coyotes like you said have like a great fun story you know have like a feel-good story behind this call it fun, yeah, fun. <laughs> sorry yeah a feel-good story and maybe not feel good either but like something something a to story, rally around they want to rally they have a real bad story um they have something to rally around and i don't mean to be like super glib or whatever but uh bobby plager just died and you couldn't muster anything for we that on your been, side you haven't shown a heartbeat since he died and i'm not like you said not trying to make light yeah. of it but this was supposedly like this most hugely influential veteran. You're literally wearing his heart on your chest. Mm. <laughs> and you can't even show up. You can't show up. And you make the point, you made the point, the notes about like the reality of, of bad calls is that's the NHL. That's mm. adversity. That's what happens. And like, I know conspiracy theories in the heat of the moment people get pissed off. But do you really think, like, the Colorado Avalanche have exclusively the benefit of the referee's bad Mm. and or good decision-making, like, or the Vegas Golden Knights or the Tampa Bay Lightning or... You think they want the Coyotes in? Yeah. You think they care about the Coyotes at all? Right. Right. But I'm just saying, like, you think these teams that are good Mm. never struggle with bad calls. Right. Never have one that doesn't go their way. Never have a game where... The other team has four power plays and they have one. Which, by the way, two weeks ago when Tim Peel was fired, we were saying you should never think that that's a problem. Which you shouldn't because sometimes you just commit more penalties than the other team, man. Mm. And I know Phil Kessel whacked, I guess, Sammy Blay. Yeah, somebody horse collared Shen or something. And like that stuff is bad, but also the Phil Kessel thing had no consequence on the actual game. It's not like he hooked a guy that was like on a break on a breakaway or about to be. Like he was just behind the net. The play wasn't even there, I don't think. And he just gave him a little slash. And is that shitty? Yeah. Is it a penalty? Sure. Was the ref looking right at it? Yeah. Tough. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like, I mean, well, that's what I mean. Then it's just like, what can you do? There's nothing you can do. You can complain and be mm-hmm. angry about it, but there's literally nothing you can do. And I think they scored the third goal right after that, but it's like, dude, also, if we get a power play, I know we scored on our only power play mm-hmm. in this game, but like, 
Do you think we were scoring again on it mm. with this team's power play? When you're not putting Hoffman on the first unit, when you're not even using the your power play unit, correctly. By the way, just is the first unit right. now, but it's such a. <laughs> I don't get it, man. I really don't. And I this was the one that you uh, this was the one that you had to win, and this was the one for me where I was finally like, all right, if they can't show up, it's just done. They're just not a good team, and they're not going to be a good team. It's not. <laughs> I I know I've used this analogy literally a million <laughs> times, but the soup is bad, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do to the soup now but make a new soup. You know, mm-hmm. there's too much onion in there, or whatever. And you can't fix that. You just gotta throw this out. You gotta bring in a new soup. Maybe have Guy Fieri make it because mm, Flavor Town. Yeah. Oh, he'd make the best soup, but there wouldn't be any eggs. No eggs. Uh, but I know, right? Such weird. a, such a such weird, weird thing. thing. Yeah. You're like, like a food person. Yeah. He's bro. not like I don't eat squid. He's like I don't eat eggs ever, any kind of egg at all. And it's like, all right, man. I always get that when people don't like eggs because, like, I'm like, yeah, man, they are rubbery and yeah, weird. So uh, I understand it. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know. They're good. They taste good. good. Yeah. Um, you want to read this Bozak quote? Oh, yeah. I think you had a poignant insight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bozak said after the game, it's a big game and they played really tight defensively. They don't let you create a lot of opportunities. They did a good job after our two goals of slowing us down. We've got to put this one behind us because it's going to be important game after important games uh, moving forward. And, uh, yeah, Tyler, this was one of them. This was one of your important games. This was the single most important game in this stretch. Not only because of the team that you're playing being directly the one you're competing with, theoretically, for that final playoff spot, but also because they're your, the, the most beatable team you're playing. Mm. Like, these are the points you had to get. And... What's my... I'm sick of I'm sick of it. I'm sick. read this other quote and then I'll read, read the other quotes <laughs> yeah. and then I'll go off on on some of this stuff. Yeah, Bozak says I think it's weird. Whenever you get a couple goal cushion, it's kind of difficult to keep the aggressiveness. It's something you should do, and the best teams stay aggressive. They want to keep pounding on it and keep putting more goals in the net, but it's a hard thing to do. The other thing, the other thing is uh, has a push or the other team has a push always, especially at home. I thought maybe we could have had a couple more power play opportunities that we missed, but that's just the way it goes. That's hockey. And all I could ever think of was he's like, you know, the best teams stay aggressive. And I'm like, so we agree, Tyler, that you're not one of the best teams. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say they were, but I'm just like, okay, so we have, we're under a mutual understanding here. It's just, it's weird when they're like, yeah, it's kind of weird, huh? Like, it's just weird. Hockey's weird. Sometimes the other team just pushes and you can't do anything about that. And I'm like... I get that. There are teams that are better than you and they're going to be aggressive and you're going to be on your heels, but not for like the entire period. That's what always blows my mind. Like they came out in the second and just pushed us the whole time and we could do nothing for 20 minutes. We decided, what are we going to do for a whole 20 minutes between breaks and TV timeouts? We were just like, what's happening? Mm -hmm. And then then we got 18 minutes to think about it and then we reset and it's like, what the fuck? why, Why does it have to be period by period? Obviously, there's something to it because it happens to like a lot of hockey teams. So I guess he's right in that that's hockey. But it's like they came out and you were surprised, and so you said, "Well, what are you going to do about that?" <laughs> uh, no offense, uh, Tyler. I think you played great, but it's just like I mean, uh, I like Tyler, but geez, uh, Ryan O'Reilly said we have a great get start, and we know they're going to make a push. 
but we don't turn up the aggression. We stop playing every single one of us. It killed us. Which, that's true, but, like, give me an answer. Or don't. Or don't. I know, just, like, just I would, don't. I would appreciate it if he was honestly like, yeah, shit, I don't know, but that's who we are, so I guess, sorry. Yeah. You know? And then Craig Ruby useless twit that he <laughs> said we get the 2-0 lead and then it seems like we go out in the second periods and we're not aggressive anymore we sit back and let teams come at us and get on our heels next thing you know this they score right away fragile which i think you tweeted was like the word of the season mm-hmm. and i think it is this team is fragile but it's you know what it's not even fragile because nothing happened that made us switch Fragile is if the bad call goes against you and then you fall apart. Fragile mm-hmm. is if the Sharks win on a hand pass and you lose the next three games because you can't cope. That's fragile. This is more just indifferent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's not even, you, you can't even be, you aren't even there. You're not showing up. Mm-hmm. And maybe the early goal is like what triggered it, but also you allowed the early goal. You're not pressing in their zone. You're not forechecking where they can't score. They're in your zone already mm-hmm. and dominating the play. I think it's a really good observation because I think that is true about this team. I think they really are just like not present and nothing makes me think of that more other than I swear in 2019, 2018, 2019, they at least had one, maybe two like closed door meetings where like the players like players only, you know, they have them like once a year or something. Mm-hmm. None of that. I've heard none of that this year. There's oh, like no. there people coasting. Seriously, here. there's like zero. Like they, this is as angry as they get. Like the O'Reilly quote is like, "It killed us. Every single one of us didn't work." That's as angry as I've seen them about this. Like yeah. they might be quietly frustrated themselves, but I've seen nothing where it makes me feel like oh. half this team is going to be like, "Yo, we're dragging us in here together." They're like, "Nope. I guess we just don't have it." Everyone back when, like even before Yo was fired, even Tarasenko was like doing the sorry to the fans and like this mm. is embarrassing sort of stuff and like i'm not saying that's, that's a, good oh weren't there a couple times too that either yo or Bruby like opened the locker room and was like yeah come in and ask these fucks because i ain't <laughs> got any answers for you well that's like, the thing is like they're not even like embarrassed anymore yeah i mean i'm sure hey, i'm sure they're very proud players and stuff but they just don't I'm seem not sure that they, they just don't seem embarrassed they just don't seem like they give a shit anymore <laughs> All of these players, you know, except for the ones that we've brought in, mm-hmm. have won a cup now. And for some of them, it shows. That hunger is gone. Mm. And that's, honestly, I get it. Yeah. I honestly, like, as On a, a human, human level, being, yeah. if you've played, if you have driven yourself to the bone your entire life to reach one goal, and then you finally reach that goal, and you're like, Almost 30 when we both know life is over. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you reach that goal. That was a knowing life. You're making millions and millions of dollars. And you've, oh, you're like in Braden Shin's case, not that I'm saying Braden Shin's the worst defender or anything, but like you reach that goal and you sign the last professional contract of any significance that you will sign. And it guarantees you whatever. I'm bad at math, but like. 40-ish million dollars over the course of the next eight years. So you're set, your kids are set, your grandkids are probably set, even if the economy's crap. <laughs> $40 million, even in 2021, still a lot of money. Um, I get from a human perspective how you can just be like, you know what, I'll do okay. Yeah. I'm not going to go out there and embarrass myself. 
but I just don't have, I don't have the fire anymore. I'm not going to, you know, and, and once again, I'm not really signaling out Braden Shin specifically, but mm-hmm. like, I just don't have that much. I've done it. I've done the thing that I wanted to do. Yeah. And I know how hard it is to do now. I'm not eager to do it again, quite frankly. I'm not eager to go through that again. So I'm just going to play it. And I'm going to play all right. Sometimes I'll play really well. But I'm just not that hungry anymore. And that's honestly fine. But if that's who you are, you go be that guy on the penguins <laughs> or the wild or the ducks or whoever. Yeah, Don't just eat leave. You. And this is the problem. We'll get to this. I want to have the roster, like the off-season conversations after the abs game. But like... I don't know how you fix the team because you already committed too much. I know. We'll talk about that. But, you know... This team is here. Between these games, there's a there's a long way off. We were supposed to play Monday, I guess. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, and the Avs got postponed because of COVID. A Baruby bag skated the team, which I know people love that. I know people on Twitter... Tweet, Twitter. <laughs> people on the Twitter. I'm on 30 now. I don't know what Twitter is anymore. <laughs> I know those people eat it up and love that. And I, with all due respect, that's more of a problem than it is a good thing. Right. That he has to bag skate the team. I don't care. Like, it means nothing to me. Because they got themselves into the situation where they needed to be in the first place. And then it didn't do anything. Because here we are after this game and it's the exact same story. It's just a better team you're playing against, but it's the same story. So why do I care? This team doesn't, so why should I? Uh, It would be hard to watch this team live. I'm kind of glad that they have, like, limited fans, because, like, I'd be there. I'd be there if it was, like, a full house, and it was like, hey, it's all safe to come back and everything, and I'd be fucking disappointed. Oh, you're disgusted, yeah. Um, the, The lines before this game, Blay O'Reilly and Perron were the top line. Sammy Blay's on your first line. I know he's been okay. Yeah. I know that line's been pretty good, but that tells you all you need to know, baby. S- speaking about Bruby too, and like him Ooh, shuffling these lines. Quote? Which quote? Oh, there were one there. Well, I guess it was the Rutherford quote about like some people not wanting to play on the line. Oh yeah, well we'll get to that. But no, it's like I heard in the Rutherford article, or I heard I heard it. It was audio. Yeah. Um, that Bruby's not like he's not conducting practices like. He's there, but it's like the assistants conducting practices now because they're. He's like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want it all becoming for me. I don't want to be too hard on on the players. The other coaches can do it, and it's like it's probably because it's falling on deaf ears, bro. Ser- I'm seriously, so, I'm so dumb. That guy can he can only be here through next season at most. Oh. You cannot re up that dude. No, no, not if the team. I mean, the team's only gotten worse since. There is a straight trajectory downwards since the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Oh, Steven, we're just going to go everywhere. I also hate this whole, like, it's, I guess it's just people making observation. They're not trying to use this as, like, an excuse. But people saying, like, you know, the Blues were on a roll and everything. They were hot going into going to the COVID break. Uh, and then, oh, and then ever since we came back, they just haven't been the same. You know, that really took a toll on them. And I was like, it didn't take a toll on all these other fucking teams. It didn't take a toll on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, why? Yeah. yeah. Why? I don't care. Like, that's just people making observations. Nobody... But I hate it because I'm just like, that doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, but it also, like, shouldn't matter. Yeah. As far as I, and I'm not trying to be glib, but as far as we know, nobody on the team lost a loved one to coronavirus. Or, like, themselves suffered a debilitating case of coronavirus. 
I know we know some players have had it, but we don't know that anybody was like down and out. Like, Shit, Vancouver just had like a terrible yeah. version of it, and they beat the, they Leafs. Beat the Leafs twice. I t- uh, there's no excuse. The team's just bad. How how crazy is it that like, man, I'm so glad we won the cup, but it's crazy to me that they were like oh, yeah. terrible. They were like, bam, everything made sense for five months. Five. It just fucking worked baby it just clicked 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 all the way to the cup and then it just (laughs) just fell apart which it kind of makes sense because like they were bad before that and then everything just went off at the same time and now here we are again do you ever wonder like i at the time was the loudest among the voices of like this guy's not that important but do you ever wonder if like pat maroon was (laughs) the reason like not the reason but like I'm sure it was, it was part a major of it. factor I mean, in, in making that happen. I mean, we've said it before too, and and I even forget about. It. I mean, I overlook it because this team is generally speaking the same, but mm-hmm. it's not. It doesn't have Bo Meester, Petrangelo, Steen, Allen, Fabry, Edmondson, Maroon. Like these are key guys, and even like in Allen's case, he plays half a game or whatever. But he's in there, and he's a locker room guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. These it, it makes a difference. I honestly think it makes a huge difference right now with this team because. Ryan O'Reilly, I like him. I'm fine with him being the captain. I just don't think they have people in there that can, like, get this team to focus. Like, I know Perron's, like, a doo-doo talks. But I also remember, like, six years ago or something when we, he was gone again that they were, like, there was articles where it was, like, yeah, I remember... Yeah, yeah, like, for, yeah, Rutherford being, like, I remember players not liking him because all he did was yap. And I was, like, yeah, I just don't see... I'm not seeing a leader. Who... Who on... I'm really not. Also, like, who who would it be? Who is it? That's what I mean. Who like, would, Ryan O'Reilly wears the team and his heart on his sleeve. And you've tweeted before about how sometimes that's not a good thing. Because he's not the guy who's like, listen, you fucks. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a Smythe winning captain of this team, Ryan O'Reilly. I want to, you see that over there? That's the sulky trophy. <laughs> so it ain't me. I'm not the problem. He's like a sad so, dad. Yeah. He's oh not really like God, a leader. Yeah. He's just a sad he's dad. He's freaking uh, Eeyore. And like, <laughs> you know, and like Pigwit's uh, coming up and he's like, dude, it's okay. And he's like, no, it is not. <laughs> I lose my love for life. Uh, and I love Ryan O'Reilly. And he is the best player on this oh, team. Yeah. But like, that's, and, and I honestly think that guy can work yeah. if there are other guys. But who is it? Is it Jaden Schwartz who can't read? <laughs> and we we talk about that guy like he's the straw that stirs the drink, and sometimes he is, but the drink's not that good. It's a watered down rum and coke, and nobody cares. It's been on the bar for two weeks. The ice is all melted. It's ninety percent distilled water at this point. <laughs> nobody wants it. Who cares if he stirs the drink? Who cares? The team's broken. All right, let's get into this next game before we go too far afield. And Jaden Schwartz is the hero of this game. (laughs) Jordan Bennington's in that again. Jordan Bennington has been fine again. He's okay. He's fine again. He's, he's, you know. I mean, he he looked okay. He kept the team in it for a good portion of this game, I have to say. We kind of left out to dry a little bit here. Yeah, no, I mean, what do you do, what do you do if you're Jordan Bennington on a couple of these goals? What do you even do? First goal, gorgeous power play. Sometimes our power play is just like, yeah, do that all the time, all of the time. 
This was tic-tac-toe passing. Schwartz is in the slot. This was one of the goals where, like, I don't know if you're ever like this. You didn't see this one because you weren't here yet. But, like, you see it, like, two moves ahead, and you're like, oh, damn, they're oh, going to yeah. do it. They're really going to do it. And I normally it. see it the other way. I see it against us. Yeah, I'm well, like, oh. Sure, sure. Yeah, a lot of the time. But like, I'm, oh, he's wide open. Right? <laughs> but I literally I saw this one, like, oh, if it goes there and it goes there and it's in the net. And then I was like, oh, that just happened. Uh, but that was very nice, and, you know, the rest of the first period was kind of humdrum, and then the Avs started to mount pressure at the end of the period, and you just felt it. I just felt it. I don't know if you felt it. I think I even said out loud, they're going to get the late period dagger, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And they'd they kill you. Brandon Saad, listen, maybe you say Jordan Bennington closes his five-hole here. Brandon Saad's all alone, like literally all alone in front of the net. And he, the freaking Artemi Panarin trade didn't hurt him that bad. He's not like <laughs> a broken hockey. He's pretty good. Pretty good hockey player. He just, I think, just don't I trade think him straight league, up for Artemi Panarin. I think the league thinks less of this poor dude because Stan Bowman's an idiot, you know? Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> That's how they got him. We, yeah. Weak, there was a weak clearing attempt by Samford. Got picked off by Roasty Toasty Josty. Uh, he took it along the board. Samford can't wrap him up. Common denominator here is Zach Samford. Uh, Jost passes the puck to Saad, who's wide open in the slot. Forehand, backhand, five-hole goal. It was, it was beautiful. I mean, it was... But here's the thing. <laughs> this is a good team, knowing that they need a goal at the right moment mm-hmm. and getting it. That's all it is. It's the best team in the league. That's who they are. Or one of the two or three. They said they hadn't lost in regulation. They've lost once in regulation in the last 20 games, I think they said. What? Fucking what? They're incredible, right? But, like... If I'm not being a blues downer and just, you know, just speaking as, as objectively, I guess, as possible, then it's like, yeah... What are you going to do? You're not going to beat that team. Yeah. You're not going to oh, beat no. that team. You're not. I mean, really, you're not. Like, I mean, it's its own problem. That was part of my problem at the trade deadline, though, was like, even if I believed in the Blues, mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to beat that team in the first round. Mm-hmm. So why bother, you know? Um, but yeah, this is the only... Usually I want chaos and upsets and craziness. I've said this before. This is the year where I'm like, in the playoffs, give me Tampa Bay versus Colorado or it's a freaking disappointment mm. you know like otherwise it's a letdown I need these two powerhouse yeah. titans to have to play each other I will say game. as much as I want Toronto out immediately if they just get roasted by the if they get to the, the final fi- if they get to the final I have a clear anyone and them against anyone I have the clearest cut like I have a new team to root for and I have a team to totally root against yeah. and it would be nice in that respect because I'd be as invested in a cup as I've been since the Blues Cup or any other cup, a big gas, please. Seeing Toronto yeah. collapse. I'd be like, please, anyone beat them. This will be hilarious. Uh, oh, we relish in other people's suffering because we don't have any joy of our own. Yeah. We didn't do this back when we won the cup. We were good people back then, but those days are gone. <laughs> They've done this to us. That's this is right. their fault. <laughs> That's exactly right. Andre Burakovsky did it to us. Uh, Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon they're really good McCarr shot the puck from the point it was wider than that it ricocheted off the backboard Burakovsky tipped the puck behind a recovering Bennington that's a goal oof yeah who who do you blame active boards I blame active boards active boards 
you're on the power play, penalty kill. That If that happens in a game where you don't also suck, you're just like, eh. You know? That's so true. If your team has any resilience, go, man, shit. And then you just move on. But that was like, oh, okay, so the game's done. That's the fragile element. And then Andre Burakovsky, basically, so Jaden Schwartz didn't do anything in this game that Andre Burakovsky didn't do. Except Andre Burakovsky has done it eight more times this season than Jaden Schwartz has. Uh, he scores again. Falk played a bouncing puck across to Scandella. It didn't go well. McKinnon got the puck first and managed to hold them both off, which for, which for Nathan McKinnon was not. Yeah, it was very not, easy. <laughs> not a challenge. Got past. Uh, and held off both Scandell and Hoffman. He passed the puck to Landeskog, who gave it over to Burkowski, and slammed the puck past Bennington. And that was it. You knew that was it. That was in the third period. But you knew that was it. I mean, you knew it was it when it was 2-1. to one. I think I saw some people on Twitter be like, it's probably over, but if they get a third, it's over. And it was. Jaden Schwartz, his second goal, by the way, should never have scored. Just a dribbler through Dubnik. Dub, Dub, one through Dubnik. <laughs> Uh, that's all it thanks, was. Thanks, Dubby. Devin Dubnik now has five wins this season, and four of them are against the Blues. <laughs> I may be deafening people because I'm leaning into this new mic, and I we'll, we'll hear about it, but they won't. Uh, they won't. <laughs> yeah, we'll hear about it from in American Sign Language, which they will have to learn because... Yeah, please apply that to your next review. That's great, yes. Please sign it. <laughs> only only sign language emojis. I'm sure they have those. I'm sure. And, uh, you know, we pull the goalie. Here's a bizarre play that happened. I will break down this play a little bit. <laughs> we hold the... We have the puck behind our own net when we pull the goalie for it felt like an hour i'm sure it was honestly even in real time it might have been close to 20 seconds but we're holding the puck behind our own net and when we finally do something with it it's krug trying a three line stretch pass that doesn't connect (laughs) and that was it and we didn't really recover the puck and they passed it out of their zone and had a wide open path to the empty net. If you're going to waste 20 seconds to get your forwards on and get your play set up, here's an idea. Have a play. <laughs> or don't have a play and don't give the puck away immediately. That was the play. Oh, God. This freaking team. And again, I don't expect them to win everyone against the Avalanche. But that's why you had to win the ones mm. against the Coyotes and the Kings and the Ducks and the Sharks. No part of the narrative of this season can be well. It was just too tough of an end of the regular season. What were they supposed to do? Because have a lot of points before then. That's yeah. what you do. That was, was the, the bank of these. We knew this was coming at least since the freaking seven-game series against the Coyotes, mm-hmm. right? So, there you go. You know? <laughs> That's I, I mean, know. it's so annoying. I'm just like, yeah, man, you knew this the whole time. You shit the bed the fucking six weeks ago. And we were like, well, you got a little more time, you got a little more time. And then you get all the way to the end and there is no more time. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the whole story this team. They're running out of time. What do they have left now? Like 12 games in 21 days or something like yeah. that? Like four against the Wild, three more against the Avs, like 
two or three against the Knights, and then I think one Ducks, one Kings game. I think that's it. Something like that. Does that have to 12? Pretty close. Something close like, enough. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's unreal, man. Like, you just... You can't keep calling these games super important and then losing them. You can't keep saying, well, we just gotta, you know, we just gotta be a little bit better and not, and not be. Like, it's just, it's just rings hollow. That's why people don't care about these quotes anymore, man. It's just, it's garbage. Like, so, the Avalanche have 27 blocked shots in this game. The Blues allowed, allowed 27 of their shots to be blocked by the Avalanche. And JR tweeted about this at the end of the game. Um, and someone asked, "What what is the cause of this?" And Jr. Oh, uh, Avalanche clinched the playoffs. Today. Oh yeah, it was a big deal. Fourth season in a row, I think. Good for them. Shocking. Also, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights clinched yesterday. Somehow. Yeah. So did you miss this? Oh, they talked to this no, on the I broadcast. Knew they did. So they're somehow above the Avs right now. How did they clinch first? I mean, they must be above them. That's wild. <laughs> See, there's a better shark. There's a bigger team. <laughs> we can't beat the second rung. I mean, they're they're pretty equal. But yeah, Jer was asked, uh, what's the cause of all these block shots? He said, it's a good question. Since the Blues can't score, teams are just packing it down low, knowing the Blues will just shoot the puck into legs, bodies, goalies, chests, whatever. So yeah, see, they're not even creative. The Blues can't score... Because they're creative as a rock, and this whole <laughs> and every defense is well. If you just sit in the middle, it's not like they're going to learn anything or do anything different. They're just going to pepper you. They're going to pepper your skates. They're going to pepper your shins. Nothing's going to happen. It's absolutely ridiculous. You, you can tw- only pepper your shins plural if you have Luke Shin on that. Team, oh yeah. So. <laughs> Twenty-seven block shots this game. Twenty-four block shots last game from the opposition unreal that's not that's a, that's your problem that's not because the abs are great the abs yeah. are great they really are they're great and they're great at blocking shots but that's on you yeah you can't we can't get pucks on the net let alone score them that we had 61 percent of the course for this game five on five granted there wasn't a lot of five on five play five penalties going both ways but still you had 60 percent of the course for five on five and you couldn't score there either but what, what's the, yeah, you had 53% of the Fenwick because Fenwick gets rid of block shots. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, you drop down 7% because of block shots. I. Here, can I give you a, a Bruby, Bruby quote? Yeah, yeah. From, please. from, uh. Earlier, so Bruby said, "We cause our own problems. See, this is this is a good enough hockey team to get through this. But in saying that, there's got to be a lot more composure within our veteran group here. We have a lot of veterans that have won, and we've got to have more composure in our game." Yeah, you're right. It is your fault. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Your job should be in question. Um... <laughs> We're gonna clip that. I think we gotta clip that and just. Stephen, we gotta get on top of that soundboard. We gotta really throw oh, that. Baby. Now, hey, we got one mic now. We got a one mic set up. If people like the one mic, the soundboard becomes a much realer possibility. Oh, yeah. I think. Um, Do you like those wacky noises you hear in morning shows on yeah. the radio? We're gonna have fifty of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. We won't have anything that contributes anything to the podcast. Just John Cena horns and like boing. <laughs> <laughs> um. Not funny. <laughs> Nothing about this team is funny. That's, uh, uh, you know, I've, I, we say We've this. had a lot of fun here. We, we say this occasionally. But seriously, 
if you want to have a good night or good afternoon or good morning, wherever you're watching this podcast, turn it off. Listen, don't stop listening to it because the rest of this is going to be real negative. If I'm going to be honest, though, I do enjoy this. So, oh, like, oh, I hope, this is what I hope we live so, for. you enjoy it too. Here's what we aim for, baby. Uh, <laughs> This is this team's not good. This team's not good. So why don't you read about some takeaways from this JR? Yeah. Here's fundamentally, I'm gonna look at the standings. We we're not making the playoffs. We're not even we're not doing it. We're not it's not happening. I know. We're Every not... time I look at the standings, like, you know, they're only a point back on the coyotes and we have three games in hand. I'm like, I don't care, man. I don't care. If they do it, cool. If they do it, I'm all here for it, but right I don't now, three expect points it. Back yeah, of course, of course. And we have played, we do have three games in hand. That's crazy. But that means you'd have to win two of them for that to matter, and you're not gonna. It's just like the quotes, they ring, it's gonna ring hollow, and it's always like, oh, the next game we'll get them, oh, we gotta be better for the next game, oh, we gotta, and then it just never happens, it never happens, never happens. Like you, I think you tweeted this out, we're 0-3 since the deadline, when, when Armstrong was like, you know what, man, we won three in a row, I wanna see what this team has. Sorry, Army, they got nothing. Yeah. Bro, be real. Be fucking real. Are you serious? You looked at those wins and you were like, yeah, I, don't want to, I think this team has it. This is what I was saying. I don't believe that. I think he tried to shot people and he's not going to come back and go, dude, I tried to get people out of here, but no one wanted them. So he goes, right. I believe in, in this team. In hindsight, I think you're right. Yeah. I really think he just, there wasn't that much of a market for Hoffman. It wasn't like a boom and bust and bustle and deadline. Hmm. You know, nobody came and wowed him for Schwartz or anybody. And he was like, screw it, whatever. <laughs> You know, but like, how could you? You can't. We have now won th- three of our last ten of thirteen games, right? Yeah, something like that. And with the, they were all. Oh in yeah, a row. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we lost seven and three, then yeah. <laughs> and. And before listen, before that, we were like two are, our next two are against the Avs. Yeah. But we're not one in either one. I mean, spoiler: we're, <laughs> it's a five-game losing streak. You can print it. I will write. I will post date a check. For a thousand dollars, and tell my bank to only clear it if the Blues win one of their next two games, and they won't because it's not gonna happen. I think we said the last podcast too. The problem is like the this Blues team's if... lost one game in regulation in twenty, and you think we're the team yeah. that's gonna make it twenty? To... <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, shit. I don't even. I was gonna say the problem is we could be up in a game like three nothing or whatever halfway through the game, and I'd be like, I don't care, man. Because, again, the Avs, like, take the Blues out of it, or the Avs are just extremely good, and they're, like, extremely good teams of previous seasons where they go, they yeah. just go, you know what, I do want to score now, and you then they score. this comparison, I can't remember if you said it on the last podcast, though, but they are exactly like the Blackhawks when the Blackhawks were in their prime. It was relentless, because they were just better than you. That's mm-hmm. just what they were, and... Yes, you're there. In that case, there's at least the arch rivalry and you get motivated and you get really fiery. Mm-hmm. And honestly, maybe that's one of the things that has hurt the Blues this season. And I mean it seriously. Yeah. Our biggest theoretical rivals have been Nashville and Chicago, and we haven't gotten to play either of them. So, like, maybe those are some of the games where you reset and you say, oh, I hate Brent Seabrook so damn much. I know mm-hmm. he's on the LTIR forever, but, like, I hate Duncan Keith so damn much. I'm, I'm, I'm we got to win this game because I hate him. And I want his smug little face. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, that, I, I think, fundamentally, the team's not good, but I don't think that's helped. Yeah, yeah. But, like, 
going back to the actual point, the Blackhawks used to be, it's just like, all right, you know, it's cute. Blues, this has been fun, but I, actually we're going to win. <laughs> and it could be two to one with like eight minutes left. Two to one Blues, and they would just win in regulation. Because they had decided that they were going to win. It would always be so annoying, too, because generally speaking, they were, like, never blowouts. They'd be like, we beat you 4-3, and so you could always hold on to that little hope. Like, well, it was only a goal, and we were so close, and it was like, yeah, but you were never, we were never in it. Yeah, for sure. It's like one of those video game fights where you can't win, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, you're fighting Bile for the first time in Mega Man X, which is a ubiquitous reference. Everyone knows. Cats to 40-year-olds. And you gotta decide, it's like, am I gonna fight this giant robot mech and try, even though I literally know I can't win and I've just gotta get my crap pulverized until he picks me up and then it's a whole thing? And, you know, that's up to you. That's up to the, the Blues in 2014, but they always lost. They're not winning either of these upcoming games. And then you maybe, like, maybe you can just stop the Wild. Maybe, like, that's the, the team we can really handle this year, and that's how we sneak into the playoffs. But that's it. That's your option. And, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I don't want... Again, I think Army's pretty smart, so maybe it doesn't really matter. But even if this team hobbles in the playoffs and they win like two, three games against the Avs, we're like, see, so close. I don't, that's not the narrative. The narrative is this team's no good. And they, and they yeah. barely made it in. Again, half of, the, half of the reason we might even make the playoffs is because the Coyotes are also just as crap. And just like <laughs> keep losing. And they're like, here, you take it. They paid us to take oh, it. Oh, boy. Yeah, so JR wrote an article. Uh, I boiled it down pretty much to him just saying the Blues' best players are not playing well enough. And, I mean, it seems like that's what Ruby's saying with the veterans, too. So what I did was a little bit of digging on just sort of like our top six. Uh, this is from the JR article. He said that Tarasenko has played 19 games this season. So this is 20 at this point and has been on the ice for 8 5-on-5 goals and for 12 against. Uh, lately, he doesn't look engaged at all, and I would agree. The guy's just kind of a zombie. Tonight. Yeah. I don't know if it's health or if he is checked out because of the captaincy, or if he's checked out because of Ruby. But he mm. looks terrible, and it's you know I I really think he's a great guy. I really love him. I really don't want. I would love for him to score four hundred goals for this franchise and retire a blue and have mm. a jersey and number retirement and. Yeah, I want. I really want him to do well. So, I'm I'm starting to move him into like the Alexander Shemin category, where I'm like, dude, you were so good for a couple of years, and you're just gonna be forgotten. And some of that's injury. Some of it's injury and unfair, but some of it's him, dude. Mm -hmm. He doesn't look like he gives a damn. Yeah. And we can't have people on this team that don't give a damn. You know. And I don't want that. If mm. I could shake him and be like, yo, I get you borscht after every game, <laughs> he starts scoring goals, I'd do that. I'd learn how to make borscht. It's a different kind of soup. And you got to start with the it's whole just new soup. It's just soup. Uh, but... Beet soup, beet right. soup, excuse me. Yeah, well, maybe it's a whole meal is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, there can't be passengers on this team. 
And all their freaking R is passengers yeah. on this. Well, that's what I was say, yeah. It hurts even more, yeah, when everyone is like that. It's like, yo, you can't be another one. Yeah. You gotta be Ryan O'Reilly who shows up. And it's like, nah, we already got one of them. <laughs> and then the, the rest just don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, Schwartz, Schwartz did a little bit better tonight with its two points, its two goals. So Schwartz has seven points in the last 17 games, four goals and three assists. But still, is that updated now? Yeah, that's oh, okay. updated. So it was, yeah, five points in 16 games. Um, seven and seventeen still not good. Not great. Oh, but that see, a, but I know where you're going. But that's not a straw that stirs a drink. No, unless it's an ineffective straw. It's better than some though, because Shen has only four points in his last seventeen games, and they're all assists. He has not scored since the beginning of March. I, I counted backwards. It's been over six weeks since he scored a goal. <laughs> terrible <laughs> awful oh shit you can't be in the top six of an nhl team and not score a goal in six weeks oh my god uh Peron is 13 points in his last 17 games which is actually quite good um but it, only two of those are goals so again points matter great two goals not great uh, Cairo has six points in his last 17 games, two goals and four assists. Krug has yet to score a five on five goal on this team. He scored one goal, period. It's on the power play. I gotta say, he looks real ineffective offensively. He looks, he looks as advertised defensively. If you don't like that, again, I totally get it. But he is what he you is. Know, offensively, though, he's supposed to be bringing more than this. I'm most ready to give Krug a pass I am. of all these people. Not only because he's new, but because the forwards aren't doing anything. So who's he supposed to get the puck this to? This is true. He's And you don't ever play him with Mike Hoffman on the power play because God fucking forbid. So. This, team's just, <laughs> this team is like the wrong people. I mean, it's the wrong people and it's the wrong coach. It's like everything is wrong. I watched a Netflix documentary called Blackfish, which is like... I don't even know if it's Netflix. Oh, like, it's been around for a while. That's like Shamu getting clubbed in the ocean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like SeaWorld and stuff and everything. It's, it's quite sad. It's really interesting, but it's quite sad. Um, and it's like they talk about how these orcas or these killer whales have like a family and a very like diverse and intricate I just, ecosystem. I just gotta say real quick, I'm yeah. very interested where this is you should, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> and so they have like a family and they're tight knit and they take these animals away from their family and put them in SeaWorld and they go, yeah, but like they have a family here that you shouldn't be sad. Here they are with their family. Here's the other orcas. But that's not their family. Uh-huh. That's some other fucking orca <laughs> from like the other half of the ocean. They don't know them. Yeah. And then they fucking bite each other and eat each other and like seriously, it's fucking up they like <laughs> attack each other and stuff and i can't imagine people see the world they're like yeah but that's probably normal right <laughs> like, like no probably not and only if craig berube runs SeaWorld. we have too many orcas from different parts of the ocean <laughs> this team is not a whole it's all these different things tory Krug's a good player but he's not a good player here because like you said we don't have forwards that are able to score we don't have like a dynamic offense I think Jordan Bennington's a pretty good goalie, but I think our defense in front was pretty shit. It's just this chain reaction backwards of like, okay, well, how are they? How are you expected this guy to play any good when this guy sucks? And it's just this big mess. Um, I don't know what to do other than, other, like you said, you got to throw the soup out. 
It's pretty terrible. This team is, la- is 23rd in goals for per 60 at 2.19. You you found all these. Yeah, numbers, yeah. Just so I don't steal credit. Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, tw- 29th in expected goals for. So as bad as our offense is, it's overperforming yeah. <laughs> at 2.02. Uh, 19th in goals against per 60 at 2.52. So actually... Oh, not terrible, not great, no, but that's like where like, we're most mediocre. Expected goals against 2.28 at 17, so we're underperforming in both categories. <laughs> uh, and high danger chances for we are 30th with 301. Toronto is first in the league with 462. Um, <sighs> I mean, it speaks to exactly what like the block shot thing, right? Like we're just on the perimeter. Non-stop on the perimeter. I don't think... I th- the Orca analogy is compelling. Because I don't think our personnel is bad enough to justify this. But I don't think our personnel is good enough to think that we're a really good team. If they're all pu- if they're firing on all cylinders. I think we're a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. But I don't think... I still don't think we compete with Vegas or the Avs or even Toronto. Or mm-hmm. certainly uh, Tampa. You know? Oh, yeah. I think there's pieces. Like, you can look at this team, like you said, and there are pieces here that are really good. I don't think they're... I don't think Ryan O'Reilly's terrible. I mean, if anything, that's the wrong person to, to to point at just because he's actually been good this season. But it's like, I don't think he's bad. I don't think Perron's bad. I don't think Brain Chen's bad. Like, yeah. he's on a, a fucking terrible drought. But, like, Troy Krug's a good player. Justin Fox a good player. Colton Preco's tall. Like, the, there's pieces here, but they all aren't working at the same time, and they don't seem to to care that they're all not working. I, it's really. I think that's the biggest part. I think it's really starting to bug me that they're just kind of like, yeah, you know, got away from us or whatever. I'm like, dude, where is it? Where is this? Like, dude, we're we're fucking losing. We don't. We're not gonna make the playoffs. They're just like, eh. You're grown ass men who just got bag skated and. Yeah, that was the response. Up. You didn't show up. That was enough. I, I mean, know. I think that was enough. That's it. That's and listen, Craig Berube is a big part of the problem. As far as I'm concerned, you know, it's too late to fire in this season, and also who cares? But and they're not going to fire him in the off season as much as they clearly should. But what was that Jr. quote? Pointing as hell about just like this team has transitioned to be a speed team, oh, yeah, and we that's... don't have a speed quote. We have, sorry, if you have it, go ahead. Oh no, I was like, oh no, it's down here. Really. Let's oh, see. Oh, sorry, I didn't see. Or that. later, later. No, so oh I'm... shit, I just thought the notes were done with the numbers. Oh, there's Please. so many. There's so many notes. I'm oh, just kidding. That's just the quotes way down there. But yeah. yeah, no, like you were saying, you can go ahead. It was yeah, Jr. responding to a, a group of comments. Steve W. in The Athletic said, This is just an observation. I could definitely be wrong about happy to be corrected. Since the Hitchcock years, it seemed like the Blues are trying to use a system that requires maximum buy-in and forecheck every single shift and not valuing trying to score off the Russian overall team speed. Steve W., baby, come on the podcast. Stevie, if you're listening, <laughs> we'll have you on the podcast. You you're an analyst par excellence as far as this podcast is concerned. <laughs> Uh, it all came together once with everyone locked in, and it was spectacular, but that seems very elusive and difficult to achieve. 
damn, this dude's just like piping yeah, it in. He's man. got it. Bar down on every sentence. The rest of the time, it's been a constant narrative of the guys aren't playing hard enough, they're not buying in, they need to get tougher, etc. Isn't it possible the approach is behind the times and uh, the team is investing more in speed, scoring, and skill or leaving them behind? Um, a couple people said that's Hitchcock's system too, but I agree that the systems are dated. Same with the defensive zone. Their man scheme is getting exposed. Uh, and Rutherford finally responded, and this is brilliant. It was a heavier game when Hitch was here, and the Blues roster lent itself to that style. Over the years, the game has changed, and the Blues have drafted some players who are more suited for the rush. So the Blues are going to have to decide if they're a four-check cycle team or a rush club. I know it's not 100% rush, even for those clubs, but you have to make up your mind what you are, and obviously the coaching style and the roster have to match up. Here's the thing, and I said this when I said this when Yo was fired. I probably said it when Hitchcock was fired. We just didn't have a podcast back then, <laughs> which is crazy. The team is responsible, but you can't fire a team in <laughs> one fell swoop, right? Mm. And that's unfair to Baruby. But also it's not. But also it is. But also tough. I like that's just it. That's Every just part of it. NHL head coach, when they get hired, knows that their time probably ends by them getting fired. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's just the reality. 99% of coaching in any sport ends that way. Right? Yeah. Especially in American sports, because there's nowhere higher to go. If you're the coach of, like, Burnley in the Premier League and you're really good then maybe you can become the coach of Tottenham and be mediocre because (laughs) that's all they ever do but like if you're the coach of the Blues I mean maybe you get the like oh my lifelong dream to coach the Maple Leafs and they're calling I have to go but like that's pretty rare Mm. you know other than that you either are old enough you're like survive forever and you retire or you get fired and that's the reality the team sometimes i think about this season and wonder like are we one of the worst teams in the league right now if jordan who isn't a heart trophy candidate for the first six weeks of the season <laughs> like genuinely it that wasn't that fun. Us afloat for a long time that's and, that's what makes me think if they don't make changes this summer like significant changes i really think it's just going to be this again at well, the listen, beginning of the season and then they'll fire baruby like 10 games and you know what i mean we're thinking about trading Vince Dunn. Also, I, this, I don't think this team's sunk. We get rid of Vince Dunn, mm. but like, how do you? That's on Craig Berube. The, he's not being used right. Mm. He's got skill. It's Mike Hoffman. It's Jordan Cairo on the fourth line. It's Mike Hoffman on the second power play. It's Vince Dunn on the second power play. It's Vince Dunn on the third pairing. These guys have skills. But they're not doing what Barubi wants to fit his, quite frankly, antiquated system. And so mm-hmm. they're useless. And I, Vince Dunn's looked a lot better lately, but, like, he might as well have a freaking cricket bat. Mm-hmm. And uh, polo gloves. I don't know. <laughs> I lost the metaphor. But, it's like, gone. He might as well freaking be in, like, a basketball uniform with a cricket bat wearing... It's back. You got it back. Oh, it's gone again. It's gone. It's sunk. Where up a violet? The point is, like, what's he supposed to do if he's not? If you're saying 
Vince Dunn is on your third pairing defensively, which is your, like, checking, grinding pairing, I guess. Mm-hmm. You might as well put me out there, man. Really, like, you might as well. You really might as well. And you're going to put him opposite Robert Bortuzzo or Carl Gunnarsson if he's healthy, which he never is, or Nico Mikola or whoever. And you're going to call that an NHL line. And it's like, all right, but not. And you're not using him well. And again, I'm not. it's not a vendetta to save Vince Dunn. But Mike Hoffman, same way. Okay, you don't want to play him in your top six. Fine. We can't score goals, and that's all he does. <laughs> and you're letting Sammy Boy play in your top six, so I have some problems. But fine. <laughs> Move on. Why isn't he on your ballot? I know we've done this a lot. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. I was like, yeah, that's that's coaching. That would be like batting Paul DeYoung queen up. That's just do they, do they do that? Of course. <laughs> I've heard there's also coaching that would be problems. Like starting Matt Carpenter over and over and over and over. <laughs> Who would over do such a thing? When he's batting point oh seven. I uh Mike Mike Hoffman Berube, Craig Berube <laughs> is part of the problem. And the one thing he's supposed to be good at. Is firing up the boys, rallying mm. the troops. Every game's like Custer's last stand, man. <laughs> it's not the charge of the light brigade, it's Custer's freaking last stand. <laughs> Once more into the breach, but the breach, you can die in there. That's, <laughs> don't end that's the part of the breach, baby. <laughs> um, I think that's a good point, though, because I think it speaks to how like Bruby's quotes, you know, that we get after games says he's like, Oh, I know this team's good. I know this team's good. They just need to start. They, you know, they just need to clean this up and need to clean that up. And it's like, that's someone that has one way he wants them to play. And every time he sees them not playing that, he's like, Ooh, but I know they can do it. I know they can play my way. I'm not going to change it. I'm just going to ask them to get to the play the way I want them to. And they don't, and they don't, and they don't. And we get the same quote where he's like, oh, no, I know this team can do it. I know they can. I'm like, cool, man. But they're not doing it. So you have to change something. And you change the lines. But he doesn't change any, like, schemes. Obviously, well, nothing's changing on the ice in terms of, like, how they're playing. Right. And, like, I don't know what he's supposed to do, man. I don't know if they this team needs, like, a Mikey level meltdown in practice. <laughs> Or if they need, like, an ice cream getaway. Like, I really don't. That's the thing. But like, try it. Yeah, Figure right? out. Try anything. That's the what thing. They don't have any meltdowns. I don't care. Genu- like, I don't like Joe Madden, the baseball manager, much. Because he's a goofball and he's crazy and he's like thinks he's so cool. But, like, he'll occasionally bring petting zoos into the clubhouse and crazy stuff like that. And it's like his whole philosophy is it's a 162-game season, man. These guys need... Some crap to happen that breaks up the monotony of it. Mm-hmm. And especially this year when they're coming into empty arenas night after night after night. They can't go anywhere when they're traveling on the road. They can't go anywhere when they're here. And they just have to hang out with the same people who apparently they're not all that fond of. Mm. Honestly, as we'll talk about, I assume, in this next quote. And I, I get it. That sucks. I get it. I know what it's like to wake up and think, ugh, another day of the same crap. I used to work for a vending machine company, and I had the best boss in the world, and it was still 
like death because it's the it's the same machines as yesterday they're just empty again and that's the whole job <laughs> you know you're you, had going... that, you had that job while we were on the, did this podcast yeah yeah okay. i think so probably at the we've start. been doing this podcast for a long time yeah where i had that job for too long <laughs> i think we just gotta stop yeah all right folks just, well, that, that, that was it baby just invested in a new microphone <laughs> hope you liked it um <laughs> go out with a bang. <laughs> but I, you know, it's just like, I get, I, there's a human element where I'm like, for these players, it is still a job. And we can all say, oh, but I, God, I wish I had that job. And sure, you sure do. And mm. also, they're being paid millions of dollars. And also, it's a sport. It's still a job. And some of them still hate their boss. And some of them still hate that loud guy who chews gum all day in the cubicle across the hallway it's just that that cubicle's a locker and that's really the only difference <laughs> and it's david and Bernard. i get some of that but like that is on craig berube to step into that situation and make the most of it and if he can't find someone who can i don't know who that is i i don't i don't know who it is who's out there but it's not this guy give me sheldon keith give me one of them one of them folks who knows what the kids are all oh, about. Oh, we want a young one? Yeah. No, thanks. Give me another Davis Payne. <laughs> uh, you ever think about how like he was probably like four years older than we are now when he got that job? Mm, don't like it. Here's another good quote from JR. Greg S. said, Hey, JR, obviously it's tough to get a read on the locker room when you only have Zoom calls with a few players after games, but have you heard if the room isn't as tight as it was in 2019? A lot of the buy-in back then was attributed to guys like Steen and Maroon, wondering if the room is missing that sort of leadership. Alex Steen being missing, I think, is probably a pretty big deal, honestly. I know we don't like to say mm-hmm. that because we're supposed to not like Alex Steen, I guess, on Twitter. Yeah, I don't but, know. But I uh, love that dude. Yeah. Uh, Baruby, or Rutherford. Rutherford. <laughs> Rutherford. Rutherford. There's a new Peacock original show called Rutherford Falls that I can only assume is about him. Uh, I think it's tough to get a read on because there are new faces. So even if there are issues, they would have to be somewhat different issues than they have been problems in the past. I'll go to my grave sticking to what I wrote in 2018-19 about the room. There were serious issues that was covered up by the winning in the second half. The one carryover is that there are some guys who don't like playing with certain line mates. That's nothing new, but it drags on when it's involving top guys. wonder if that's Perron and like Schwartz or somebody. Who knows? I was um, say, I think there was speculation in our, in our Twitter feed when I tweeted this out that it was Shen and Tarasenko, apparently. I don't know. It's just speculation. Interesting, but aren't they a line all the time? <laughs> yeah, Shen still hates them. Yeah. Uh, I have heard lately that there have been some finger pointing, but it was supposedly hashed out, and then the team won a few games, <laughs> and they stopped. That's so funny. They said, like, "No, no more finger pointing," and then they won. Like you said, though, hard to have a real pulse. Um, Doesn't sound great. Not, not, not a ringing endorsement. Not ideal. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you like? What do you? I guess this this is the part where we transition into, let's assume the Blues miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Sorry for some background noise as I fetch my computer charger. Uh, let's assume they miss. I don't care. Maybe they make it and get drilled out in the first round. We know that the team's not good enough. What do you do? 
your big your immediate the biggest question the biggest single obvious question is Jaden Schwartz. To me, you gotta let him walk. I'm I don't <laughs> you should have traded him at the deadline, but this team. I know we've done this in other weeks, that this team fundamentally has to change. And even if Jaden Schwartz isn't the problem, you can't get rid of the other problems necessarily. You can't trade Vladimir Tarasenko right now. You can't trade Braden Shin with that contract and four points in 17 games. So you got to let some people go. And if you were convinced that Jaden Schwartz was the piece that you needed then you should have let some other people go before him. I'd give him the sa- I've decided I'd give him the same amount he's currently making for uh, four years. $5.35 million for four years, if that's what he wants. Uh, okay, cool. And if he wants a penny more than that, I say, okay, bye. Because um, it just... Uh, per- his production's what, like 50 points a season? That's, yeah. that's, pretty, that's pretty good, but it's kind of all over the place in terms of he's injured... It's in spurts. Um, I was actually looking at or listening to a little bit of another blues podcast, which I never do. But um, because they're all in fear. I mean, yeah, they're pretty shit. Just, <laughs> but it was like the Let's Go Blues like radio podcast, and like I think Jeff, Those are our boys right I think uh, Jeff Ponder made a good point on there that like Jaden Schwartz is kind of like a faux top six player in the sense that like that's where I put him on this team. I think he just fits there. But like on a really good team, he's not in the top six of another team. Like you just he's he's a middle six guy. I'll give him that. He's not on your first line on a lot of teams, and that's not because he's bad. It's just that he's all right. He's all right in terms of production, and I'm not paying over five point three five million a year for all right. And again, I get it. His shot, his offensive suppression numbers for the other team are out of this world, and. He does a lot of things right, and I still think Army's going to sign him because he's just like one of those unsung heroes sort of thing. But you cannot sign that guy for Braden Shen money. You cannot. You can't sign him for Braden Shen term because that. Uh, the, I saw projections in JR's article that said ah he's going to go down in age like everybody else does. Seems to be pretty average according to like Dom decisions like charts and stuff. But I was like, man. This, like you said uh, earlier today, that guy's, <laughs> he's like, what, an injury away from just being like, yeah, I'm done. I'm out of here. Because he's just had so many. And it's just, I don't know what to tell you. I'm normally a stats person, but look at Jaden Schwartz. Look at what he does for this team. He does stuff. Do you pay over $6 million for that stuff? No. Do you pay over $5.5 million for that stuff? No. You pay him exactly what he makes now or less. And I don't, like, I mean, you just show him this, you show him this season, man. This is your... You show him every well, season. Yeah. <laughs> you show him how he's hurt all the time. You show him how he never matches up his expected goals with his goals. I, I, you're right. Everything you're saying is right. He obviously provides value. I know them, and I'm a metric guy, so mm. I don't want to be here and be like, I don't care about the metrics. But also, we need players that really are, we don't have anyone on this team other than Ryan O'Reilly, who's just straight up good. Mm. We really don't. Who else on this entire team is just straight up good? You know, like Patrick Kane, I don't give 
I don't care what his metrics are because I don't need metrics to mm-hmm. know Patrick Kane is insanely good at hockey. And I'm not saying we can have a Patrick Kane, mm-hmm. but like, think about think about the Avs. Like, who's an Andre Burakovsky on this team? I know that Andre Burakovsky is being carried to relevance by Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. I know that. I know it. Everybody knows it. Andre Burakovsky knows it. But Zach Sanford isn't being carried to relevance by Tory Krug and Ryan O'Reilly, mm-hmm. who I'm not saying are Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr, but if Andre Burakovsky can get to 14 goals with those two, Zach Sanford should be able to get to 10 with our two. He can't. <laughs> Sammy Blake can't. So like, I don't. I don't know. Like, Jay, I know that's the Jaden Schwartz conversation, but like, yeah. If we sign him at whatever you said, five point four for five, four five years, I don't care. It. I don't think that's the straw that broke the camel's back. I think the back's already broken. Though, how, is know, Zach, like, how is Zach Sanford still an RFA? I mean, I get he's not 26 or 27 yet, and he hasn't played seven seasons in the NHL, so I understand the just, rules. Just but it just feels like he's been here forever, yeah. and that he's that old. Like, I'm just looking at other players. Like, Zach Sanford's here, but I think you could get somebody else. Just change the body. Just change the person. Honest to God. I know it's like, well, we know the guy. Well, okay. That's <laughs> that. It's that... Uh, it's that, um, what I sent you earlier, that video. Well, we know Zach Sanford. Yeah, well, I know he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so get him out of here. Just like... You look at this roster. Oh, it's so bad. Why did we ever think this team was good <laughs> the way it is? Seriously, you look at who, who on this team... There's only one. There's I only have the one answer to this question, but maybe you have several. Who on this team do you look through the roster and say, we couldn't possibly get rid of that guy? Yeah, just ran O'Reilly. I, I look it. at, and I love, I really want to see Robert Thomas succeed, but he hasn't taken the step. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, that could be Craig Berube's fault. I'm happy to assume that it's part of <laughs> Craig Berube's fault, obviously. I'm not high on Craig Berube. And I certainly wouldn't tab him as the coach to get the most out of a young player with skill. Right, mm-hmm. but like honestly, after Ryan O'Reilly, it's probably Jordan Cairo next, because he's got elite speed, mm-hmm. and we've seen him put it together at the NHL level. He's not doing it right now, but that stretch was too long to call it a fluke, you know. And he mm-hmm. was dominating. He was he looked incredible. So like he's probably next, and then Robert Thomas is probably next, and then after those three, there's literally no. There's, there's no. That's what I mean. Else. I'm like, I'm hanging on to Kyra and Thomas just because they're young, and it's like, yo, I'm not giving those people away. It's just like you have to have young players, and you have to have the potential there. But like everyone else, we kind of know what they are, and I know that Braden Shen's not a guy that's gonna go on a huge drought every season like that, mostly. But it's like, okay, you're like you're my fifty point guy. You're Schwartz. You're my fifty point guy, and it's like that's just. I know what they are, and maybe I'm just kind of tired of it, especially right now because they're just they're just not good. And I don't. What do you move around this team to make them good? Like uh, that's the thing is, even if this team's going on all cylinders, we're not going to say it's 2019 and they're literally clicking everywhere, but they're playing a lot better. Uh-huh. They're still not beating the Avs. They're still not. They you know they're looking a lot more competitive. They take some games. You look good. 
you're still not good enough. Even at, like, I'm not going to say your very best, but at your average, what they should be playing like, what you would think any of these players would play like, still not good enough in terms of, like, how this, this roster is constructed. I have a real, like, I really strongly believe, especially now that we've won a cup, I feel this way really easily about the Cardinals because I've seen them win two World mm-hmm. Series. But, like, I really strongly believe if you're not competing... If you're not good enough to compete with the best team in the leagues, the best teams in the league, and you're not actively improving, mm-hmm. then rebuild. It doesn't have to be the Detroit rebuild. Yeah, so I mean, you don't have to tear everything but down. Like, but you can't. And I thought Armstrong believed that. I thought that was his like five year window thing. Mm-hmm. You know, but like, what's the point? This team can't be. They can't, you, what you just said, they can't, they cannot possibly compete with the Avs in a seven-game series. Our, at our best, them at their worst, they're still going to win 90 of, nine out of ten of those series. I just reduced that fraction in my head. Uh, fifth grade teacher would be proud. Say, Mr. Wells would be peeing his pants right what? now, probably because he's old. <laughs> Honestly, like, I just don't, what bugs me over and over again is like, and I hate having to go back to the Petrangelo well, is that if you're if you're Doug Armstrong and you're like, dude, I'm rewarding these people for being here. I want to keep this team together. They're a cup-winning team. Let's do it. we got to keep the core together. And you take the corest of your core pieces and you go, well, not for that amount. And then you sign the other ancillary like core pieces. I get that's kind of like, not redundant, ironic, the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um but like, you can't. You just you gutted your team by by losing two people, losing two to retirement. Like you didn't do that, but you 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 talk to these guys all the time though. So like you you know Bo Meester's gone. The minute that happens, and you you talk to Steen, and he's got back issues. Yeah, yeah, you know he's gone too. You just know it. Mm-hmm. Like if and if you don't, then terrible GM. But you know you know it. <laughs> And then, and the Petrangelo thing still kind of, every time I think about it too much, it kind of like, is like when you think about like, what is a black hole? And then your head hurts and then you just have to stop and you go do your business. If I think about the Petrangelo thing too long, I'm like, we couldn't do 8.8 million and like maybe a no move clause for the captain of your fucking team that won you the cup. You're like, no man, that is a bridge I won't cross, but I'll keep all these other fucks around here that that can't do it. And I'm like, so you so you got off on, like, the worst foot, and then you haven't been able to, like, recuperate since then. And it's like, well, then, if that's the foot you're going on, then just scrap it, bro. I get that's a little far, but I'm just saying, like, that wasn't... You already made a big Army. misstep in my head. Army's gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of weird. like when you think about, you know, death, and when you're in bed at night, and then you're like, oh, shit, think about... Think magazine, about something else. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Magazines, how do those work? Uh, <laughs> that, I mean, that is so... I, we really need to drill that point home. Because there, you, there is no argument for keeping the core together if you don't keep the core... If the core of the core, you let go! This, honestly, God, this is like in two years, he's like, well, we couldn't pay Ryan O'Reilly his money. I'm like, dude, then what the then fuck? Then what are we doing here? You can't, it's, you, it'd be like saying, 
really love this car. I re I work. I'm gonna drive this car for the rest of my life. Little problem. I took out the transmission, <laughs> but the car is great, and I just plan to keep driving it. And the, I I really like. I happen to know there's a very well written parody <laughs> of Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license about the Alex Petrangelo situation that certain forces in the blues Twitter world just need to find someone to record. But you can't, like, it It really, it's kind of like that, though, honestly, because it's like, this was, this was the whole world, that was the whole team's, the whole world was Alex Petrangelo. He was the best player, he was the captain, he was the center of your defense, which was the center of your team. <laughs> and you let him walk, and that's, Fine, if you have a plan. If there's a plan that's like, listen, I'm sorry that Alex Petrangelo left, but we got Robert Thomas, we got Jordan Kyrie, we got Scott Perinovich, we got to get we got young people coming up. That's the new heart of the team. But if that's your plan, first of all, get rid of Craig Burley because yeah. that obviously ain't working. Second of all, don't sign Tory Krug. You know, and I'm not a Tory Krug hater, but what are you doing? What are you thinking? That feels real. That, the more I look at that, I'm fine he's here, but it just feels super wonky. It's like, well, we got to have somebody. And it's like, yeah, you do, but did you really have to put yourself in a situation where like, well, we got to have somebody? You, it's also... It's not... It's... <laughs> it's like replacing a Mustang with a bicycle. They both do transportation... It's not even that. It's like replacing a Mustang with a schooner. <laughs> they both do transportation, but the terrain's all different. It's not even that a schooner's worse. But you need a schooner on water, and you're still trying to pretend to be on land. It's it's a like totally it. different philosophy. It's a di It's like, you know, it's like replacing your queen-up hitter with, like, a stolen base guy. It's like... Okay, yeah, great, right. but you also need a new cleanup hitter, or you need to make everyone else a stolen base guy. That's the thing. It's like you got rid of a piece that you needed, and then you replaced it with not that piece. And yeah. then you're like, well, he, Tory Crew can't be Alex Petrangelo. You're like, no, I get that. Um, but you still need something that is like Alex Petrangelo in here to make this team still run the way it was running. Right. Or don't try to run it the way yeah, it was exactly. running. Yeah, exactly. Or just completely it's change like it. It's like a team that drafts a pocket quarterback but doesn't invest in an offensive line at all. Yeah. And then Andrew Luck, that poor bastard, just gets drilled for five years. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I'm the greatest quarterback prospect of a generation. Also, I'm going to retire. I. It's This is on Baruby. It's on Armstrong before it is on any of these players. Honestly, I honestly think that because the players individually, they all chose to be here, but none of them chose for all the other people to be here. It's the Orcas, baby. <laughs> That's right. It's the Orcas. <laughs> it's the Orcas. It's all about Orcas. Uh, I, I, I don't want to be apocalyptic. This got darker than I thought it would. Well, I, I think it needed to, because no. I think we need to be realistic. I don't know what the road back is. I think there's a road back to fine, mm -hmm. competitive, but not 
not competitive with the Avs. And listen, the Avs won't be this good forever. Mm-hmm. They got to choose this year if they're going to keep Gabriel Landeskog, and then in two years they're going to have to finally pay <laughs> Nathan McKinnon finally. anywhere close to what he's worth. And then that's the end. That's the end of them being this level of dominant because when Nathan McKinnon is rightfully making $13 million instead of six, they can't have two other players, you know, that are making that much money. So that's fine. But at least they had a window, you know. Well, yeah, no, but like I'm just saying, like, it's not like they're just going to be good forever and we're just never going to, you know, things change pretty quick, especially with a flat cap. In this league, you look at all the teams that are great right now. They're not all the teams that were great five years ago. You remember when the Sharks were the team we could never get over the hump and the Predators were better than us and the Blackhawks? True, Box. true. So. I like this. It's a positive spin. You know, it, it changes quickly, but you got to do the change. <laughs> and I don't know. I really like Doug Armstrong. I don't think he has to go, mm-hmm. but he has to figure something out. Because yeah. he's building a jigsaw puzzle with pieces from two different puzzles. This, I was going to say, the this... puzzle master <laughs> is really committed to the one puzzle. But there are fewer and fewer pieces from that puzzle. It's starting to feel like when the uh, pieces are coming down real fast in Tetris and you just can't get them right before he was nailing them all the time. Like, yeah, baby, yeah. And then you get a weird one that was like the Laterra contract. Like, whoa, that's an L piece and it's upside down, bro. What'd you do? And he was like, watch this. And then he, you know, put a little piece underneath it. And you're like, oh, shit, bro. Oh, man. But now he's just like ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. Every contract feels like, uh oh, uh oh. There's a lot of empty spaces and you're going up. Yeah. It's worrisome. To me, this needs to be one of those off seasons. And I know that this happened in 2019, not all that long ago. But there need to be like four or five not insignificant moves. Whether, you know, and that's one of the reasons I just keep coming back to like, I really don't like want Jaden Schwartz gone, but I just don't know how you change this team enough. We've kind of, we've kind of painted ourselves into a corner a little bit because you have Shen here so long, you have Krug, you have Falk, you have Bennington, you have a, assumed, assumedly in like a year you're going to have to get Preko back to a longer deal, right? A year, two years, whatever it is. O'Reilly. Ap- I wouldn't, probably. Yeah, oh no, I wouldn't. But you'd... I'd trade him this summer. Yeah. Honestly, I really would. That'd be one of my moves. Because I don't, I again, I don't think he's a problem, mm-hmm. but he's not clearly the solution yeah the i think one of the issues too is like so we don't score right and our defense actually seems okay point producer but that's what i say i think our defense is actually like not okay but the problem is we have like two guys back there for a long time and then we have colton prake who are gonna go i guess you need to be here and it's like i think i agree i don't think you do really don't think you do but that's also that's the frankenstein of it all because Pareko is from the Hitchcock era, and he's trained to play like that. And there's, first of all, there's nobody telling him, dude, fire your slap shot 150 times a season and just see what happens. At least hurt people in our division a lot. Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> I know that's despicable hurt in a way, them. but, like, things will happen if he's firing that off a lot. Yeah, I don't understand why he's not. But even if you, but more to the point, like Falk and Krug aren't as good of a defenseman as 
Colton Vareko is or Alex Petrangelo was. Mm. But they're something, they clearly have an identity, and it's pretty much the same identity. <laughs> but if you put either of them on a line with Colton Vareko or Marco Scandella or Robert Bortuzzo or Nico Mikola, that identity changes real quick. Because it's like putting two puzzle pieces from a different puzzle together. It's the orcas. And it's the orcas, baby. It's all about orcas. But it's just... That's this part of the surgery that needs to happen. And I really do... I do think more fundamentally this team needs one of those oh shit trades. Like, I really think this team needs a, oh, I didn't, okay. Like, I, I didn't think he was there, but now he's there. I think I agree with you more than ever. Though. This, they need, like, a, they need the Eric Johnson yeah. deal. Like, oh, oh boy. All right, all right, all right. I was enjoying it. We were we were living this cushy post-cup life, and now I'm woke again. Brandon Shen's gone. Whoever, I, you know, Tarasenko, I don't think you could trade the contract right now, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you got you know you got a lot of candidates for that big trade, and then really like I look at this forward group and I think Tarasenko, O'Reilly, and Shen are guaranteed to be here next year. I heard some people this week say Bozak, and I said it actually, so I shouldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't blame Shen, but like Bozak, if you can sign him for two million, it's another thing. Like I don't hate it, but what changes are you gonna make? You know, mm-hmm. so I don't care if you if he's a third line. He's fine. He's really fine. He's good. But like, the team needs significant change. If Hoffman walks, I would literally be fine with six new forwards next year. If you let Schwartz, Bozak, and Hoffman walk, and you do something to dispose of <laughs> Samford and Blay, and then you know I don't know if, if Peron. I assume survives this draft, but then you Thomas and Cairo have to be part of your plan. Not, not, not an optional part of your plan. If they please daddy Baruby enough, but like a centerpiece of your plan, Clem Costa next year, he, you have to assume he's an everyday NHL player in your middle six. It just, because you're never going to know otherwise. And maybe he's Dimitri Askin. Maybe he's not that good, but then, you know, and you can move on quickly. Otherwise, Otherwise, you're just wasting the asset because you just don't know, you know? I need Taylor Hall here. Well, maybe. But, you know, if you've got Tarasenko, O'Reilly, and Shin, and you've got Kairou, Thomas, and Costin, and you've got Sunquist, Barbashev, and, I guess, Clifford, then build me three, bring, surprise me, entertain me with the other three forwards and actually make things change. Brandon Saad is UFA. I do it, sure. That's a different person. Bring him in here, baby. Curtis Lazar, go get his penalty killing ass. You know, Blake Coleman. Oh, there we go. Blake There's Coleman. the three: Saad, Coleman, and Lazar. Mikel Granlund. Oh, I'm I'm a Mikel Granlund stand, baby. But I think you need a veteran, right? So you're gonna go out and you're gonna get Paul Stasny. Oh, baby. Coming home again. <laughs> coming home again. <laughs> I, we've been going for a long time and it's late, but I really like, we've got a lot of, we're going to have these conversations a lot of time because the off season is a long way away 
And um, and what are we gonna do through this whole losing streak? This twelve game losing streak we're gonna be on fifteen we're have whatever to think it is. Of Maybe next week we'll do a mailbag. I was gonna say we gotta look into. Have you watched any of the Falcon Winter Soldier show? You should watch that. Ooh, they yeah. do our Marvel Marvel deep we should, dive. We can do our Wandavision. We yeah. never did, and then <laughs> we'll be yeah. we'll really on the pulse yeah. of what people are That's watching. Right. So I want to hear about uh, more about Blackfish that came out, I think, uh, seven or eight years ago. <laughs> it was a big hit back then. Uh, yeah, no, actually, let's let's coordinate and figure something out that the people might want to hear about, and we can hopefully do that, because I don't want to have more episodes that are just depression, mm-hmm. but that's just the reality for now. It's the life and of the St. Louis the Blues fan. Here's the thing. It's the reality. It's the reality. It's not the reality for now. If they win their next eight games, that doesn't really change anything for me. Because they could just lose their next five, you know? Like, I think the soup is bad. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. And, and I, to be fair, I think a lot of the Twitter universe is there right now. There's a lot of times we're kind of ahead of the ahead of the curve on on being disappointed in this team but um <laughs> hey man Mark got a shutout tonight you know good good for him but uh i just think people kind of realize that this team's in a in a bad way right now and some stuff needs to change and that's what we're that's what we're all about here we're all about change Baruvi says, first period, good period. Can't make a soft play. We do. It's in our net. And Luke Korak editorializes, I don't need to tell you who he's talking about. Has Zach Sanford been healthy scratched of all the people he's punished randomly? Nah, I don't think so. Also, like, Dakota Joshua was kind of fine. Austin Faganski played a couple of good games. Like, Tell some people that their lineup spot isn't guaranteed. You right. know, like that's why I mean. we just sit here at the same fucks and we're just like, all right, guys. I guess you know, Craig Ruby says you guys are gonna do it again, and uh, he didn't. But you know, we'll get him next time because the games ahead of us are uh, they're important. I'm like, yep, same shit as always. Yeah, I uh, change something, do something radical. You missed your chance to do stuff at the deadline, so you got to try and figure out what you can do this season. Unfortunately, Clem Costin just keeps winning, so you can't bring him in and give him a trial run. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe sign old Vladimir Savoka from the KHL and bring him in and do something. Sign a college free agent if those exist, you know? But anyway... Um, Ooh, Ariana Grande is doing a remix of Save Your Tears with The Weeknd. That's what we have to live for. There we go. That's it, baby. All right. All right. It's decided, folks. Everything's good. There's a good and hope in the world. Um, And, uh, you know, if you're you're a vocalist who wants to do a fun blues-related project, reach out to us. And that's all we got. You got anything else, Ian? You want to say anything? I'm Uh, I'm so sorry. For, just, for the episode. Just for what this is. For for real, the one last thing I'll say, for real, if you noticed the audio in any way, good or bad, let us know. Because 
you know, if it's worse, we certainly don't want to keep going. We'll throw this thing away. We will not return it. We'll just throw (laughs) this bike right in the garbage. Uh, But, you know, it's, it's kind of gives us more freedom and a little bit more, uh, flexibility so you know it'd be cool if it worked but we want the best experience for you and your cat that's the 2g1c guarantee so i'm sorry that it's been all dark this week but that's where a lot of us are emotionally with this team so hopefully hopefully they surprise us and we can have one of those oh what's this team now sort of podcast (laughs) and uh we'll talk to you all real soon have a great night keep it real Got my driver's license last week Just like we always talked about Cause you were so excited for me To finally drive up to your house But today I drove through the suburbs Crying cause you weren't around And you're probably with that blonde girl Who always made me doubt She's so much older than me She's everything I'm insecure about Yet today I drove through the suburbs Cause how could I ever love someone else? And I know we weren't perfect But I've never felt this way for no one And I just can't forever now I drive alone past your street Now I drive alone